Welcome back to the Servant Leadership Institute podcast. I'm Brian Malinsky, and I have two guests with me today. SLI President Robin Swift is sitting in with me as my co-host. Hi, Robin. Hi, Brian. It's great to be here. I'm excited about this podcast today. Nice. Perfect. Me too. And so um, also joining us from Muskegon, Michigan, is Joseph Lalonde. Hi, Joe. How are you doing today? Hey, Brian, Robin. Um, I'm doing great. Um, excited to be on the show, share some insights with your listeners. You know, it's going to be a good time. Nice. Perfect. Um, so to give us, uh, give our listeners some background on you, tell us a little bit about yourself, if you can. Yeah, so I've experienced leadership in a couple of different ways. Um, you know, I've been a youth leader for, gosh, going on 20 years now. Various leadership positions within the organizations I've been in. That's the business side, personal side. I love to run. Um, right now, I'm running. I'm nine days out from running the Grand Rapids Marathon. Wow! Oh my gosh! Well, I say marathon. It's only going to be the half. I did the full okay. marathon last year. Still. Um, but I'm doing it to raise money for clean water for children in Africa. Nice. Uh, wow. It became a passion of mine three years ago when I started to hear about it. I know we talked a little bit about the weather just a minute ago. Um, you guys said 60 degrees is cold for you. <laughs> like the colder weather and, you know, in a two, three months, I'll be out ice climbing. Wow. Uh, so that's another hobby of mine. So you're an adventure kind of guy, but also super passionate about building great leaders. Uh, yes. Um, leaders. Um, and, you know, that, that's the really cool thing about some of the extreme sports activities I do. I can see the leadership applications, mm. those and bring those to the readers of my blog. Wow, that's awesome. That's very cool. So Joe, you wrote a fantastic ebook. Um, uh, I, I read through it and I, I just love it. So the, it, the title of it is Leadership is Dangerous, Avoiding Four Traps Every Leader Will Face, um, and which we would love to talk about in this podcast. Um, the, the first question I have for you though is what was your motivation for writing this type of an ebook? You know, through studying leadership and watching, you know, the leaders around me and myself, I noticed that there's four traps that leaders typically fell into. Mm. And when they would fall into those traps, you'd see their organizations fall apart or, you know, their teams struggle and there just seemed to be, you know, more problems when leaders aren't aware that these traps are there. Mm. When I saw that, I was like, somebody's got to say something. So I wrote the book. I really mm -hmm. love the title. Um, it just grabbed me because leadership is dangerous. I think servant leadership is dangerous because it deals with the heart. You know, you have yeah. to look at yourself and that can be dangerous to people. So I love that. It really intrigued us and we're excited to jump into talking about this. So Brian, take us away on that. The first trap, right? It's um, a good one. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, but first, can, could you possibly um, take a take a moment, Joe, and explain uh, to our listeners uh, what it means to you to be a, a, a leader? Um, to be a leader, it means helping people to get to places that they think that they couldn't get to before. Mm. 
Um, I think a lot of people have limiting beliefs around, you know, who they are, what they can become and what they can do. Um, as a leader, it's, it should be our mission to, to help people become the best version of themselves that they can. Um, and, you know, that goes through, you know, leading the organization, you know, and the day-to-day -day operations along with, you know, helping your team improve themselves. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing to see, to me, that we invest all this money into our team members, but we're unwilling to help them grow themselves. Yeah. Uh, out of the team, we pay them. Um, you know, I'm not sure if we're scared that they're going to leave us once we've invested in them and help them to move to that next level, or if we just don't understand the importance of, you know, helping our team members grow. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think, you know, leadership is that two-step process of, you know, managing the day-to-day -day along with helping our team members grow and become, you know, what they were created to be. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, we completely agree over here at SLI, we have, um, you know, our mission and purpose is to inspire and equip those we influence. And we try to advocate that with, uh, within organizations as well, that they can take the, the, that same model along. And I think you're talking about equipping your people and not abandoning them um, and uh, giving them the resources that they need. And some of that means building great relationships with them, right? Yes, the most definitely. Um... I'm a very relational person. Um, mm. I love building those relationships. I love, I'm, well, I should guess, like you could say, I'm the extrovert. <laughs> um, I think the Myers-Briggs, I was labeled as the entertainer. Mm. I just love to invite people in and, you know, get to know them, get them, to, you know, help them to understand and know who I am. And, you know, it's, it's all that relationship building because then once you have that relationship, your team members begin to trust you. Um, and if you don't have that trust, you're just going to struggle and butt heads with, with your team members. Mm. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's a lot about relationships. It is. And as easy as that is for some people like yourselves, it's, it's, it's a challenge for some people. It's just not in their profile. So giving them the good tools of, of navigating and building better relationships is really key. Just what, what comes natural to you, mm -hmm. um, what would you say you could lend to people that may it doesn't come as natural in building relationships? Um, I would say kind of um, you need to begin practicing it. Um, you need to stretch yourself a little bit. Um, when I first got married, my wife she was a very big introvert, mm. and she she did not do well around people. Um, I've helped her realize people aren't bad. Um, <laughs> you interact with them, and you know just encouraging her to get out into groups of people. I've seen her grow as a person, as a leader. Um, she helps lead the youth group with me. You know, just by practicing and stretching yourself, getting yourself out of your comfort zone, you begin to realize, hey, people like me, I like other people, and those relationships begin to flourish. Well, I think that that is an awesome segue, actually, to get into uh, the first of your traps that you talked about in this ebook, which is isolation. Um, so can you identify that trap a little bit for us? Um, can you expound on that a little bit? Like identify that trap as in? Yeah, of course. Um, so 
with the trap um, with the trap of isolation you wrote that you know you become uh, as, a, as a leader you start to become someone others seek out and so with everyone clamoring for attention you begin to feel overwhelmed and, and draw back revealing yourself to a trusted few if it's if it's bad enough no one uh, uh, no one else um, uh, why do so you you say in here why do we do this most likely it's because we begin to feel guilty that we cannot help or meet with everyone who desires our attention we feel we can't meet with with one so we shouldn't meet with with anybody um which could be a trap in that isolation piece as you become more of a you know significant leader right yeah that that jogged my memory um so yeah um so I've been blogging for probably 10 years now and mm-hmm. that happened a lot in the blogging, you know, community, you know, the more people become, the more people grow their platform, the more they shrink back because they can't help everybody. Mm. They just kind of shut themselves off. Say, I'm not going to answer any emails. My emails are going to go through my assistant and they're going to be my gatekeeper. Oh, gotcha. And through that process, I've seen, I've seen people struggle because, now their audience feels like they're blocked off. But in the, in, you know, the day-to-day leadership, I mean, the, the higher you rise in the rank, so say you go from the production floor to an inside sales position to a VP of sales, mm-hmm. you know, you've risen through the ranks and you begin to block yourself off there as well. Oh, well, I can't talk to the people that came from off the production floor anymore. Now it's only these people or somebody above me. Your influence begins to wane because you're not brushing shoulders with the people who are actually out there, you know, producing parts or making sales. You've just lost those relationships you've worked so hard to build. Mm. And, you know, you become isolated. Yeah, definitely. And you said that, you know, it's it's hard as a leader because as you do rise through those ranks, you may experience more responsibility given to you. And there's still only 24 hours in a day. Uh, so you feel kind of overwhelmed by, oh, wow, that I have more people coming to me. Um, so, you know, should I just retreat and not speak with anybody or should I, you know, uh, try and, and influence as many people as I can? Um, is, uh, what strategy, if you're feeling that, can you start taking to kind of counteract that trap? Um, the one I would take or encourage is to look for maybe a core group of people, maybe three, four people mm. that are into yourself, help them to understand your leadership style. And then, you know, use them to share and interact with the people that you want to interact with, but can't because of your time constraints. Mm-hmm. You kind of build this band of brothers that you can, you can count on and go, Hey, John, can you go help, you know, Sam with this? Because he's come to me. I don't have the time. Um, I don't have the time to deal with that or, you know, help them, but I know you do. So, Hey, let's go get this done. Yeah, definitely. So developing that team around you that, you know, Hey, I can't do this by myself. So I need to make sure that I can develop a team. Um, your band of brothers, as you said, uh, to make sure that the, the jobs can get done and that everybody that you are influencing is feeling fulfilled and heard. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that, that works re- that's worked really well for me, um, in youth ministry and in the corporate world. So, you know, it, it's just something I rely on. 
Yeah, definitely. And I, I, I particularly liked in this um, in this trap that you also talked about isolation within friendships. So this being kind of outside of the uh, the the work environment too, you can kind of start experiencing once you gain success or um, more influence in what you're doing, you can kind of start feeling even isolated with your own friendships. Um, and that's a, another huge challenge, right? Right. Yeah. You know, and it creates loneliness in our lives. And, you know, the, the research has shown us that loneliness is an epidemic now. Mm. You know, I, I just came back from the Catalyst Conference in Atlanta. Um, and there's three pastors, um, Chad Veach, Rich Wilkerson, and Chris Dorso. And they're all friends together. And they were sharing their stories about how they know that isolation isn't good for them. So they, they formed this partnership between the three of them. Mm. they know that they've got, you know, three friends that they can always count on and they can share their struggles, their pains. Um, they can talk through their issues of, you know, work struggles, family struggles, personal struggles, and it encourages them to know that they're not alone. Whereas, you know, the leaders who tend to pull back, isolate themselves from their friends, that, um, you know, especially as they're rising up the ranks, because, you know, unfortunately a lot of people go, I've risen up the ranks. I've got to leave the people behind. Um, they just become lonely, and you know, you know, and that loneliness it just destroys leaders if if they don't take care of it. Mm, definitely, Robin. Have you experienced that as you've you know grown in your career? Yes, it certainly um, it is a, a key factor because trust, right? Um, trust is key, and if you don't have those trusted relationships around you. Um, it can be very isolating. I will tell you this mindset of a servant leader to serve others has certainly served me well to know that when I walk in the door, I'm thinking, who can I bring value to? And with that, I have less isolation because I have all these people to serve. As Art Barter, our CEO, talks about, when you flip the org chart and you're at the bottom to serve everybody, you walk in the door, it's not all about me, but I have all these people to connect with, to help with. And to your point earlier, Joe, I think, you know, you can't help everyone and you can set up structures, ways to do it. But you certainly have a different mindset, I think, mm-hmm. to to really bring to the table that um, I do have folks all around me and I need to help. And I think that mindset is, is a healthy one, a healthy one to avoid going in your office and closing the door. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um you know, that temptation is there to close the door. Mm. Um, but when you know people are counting on you and you know that you have people you can count on, I think that temptation becomes a little bit less as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's great. So so going into this second trap, uh, the second trap that you identified was greed. So, And I really liked um, that you identify greed in kind of two different ways. One is uh, a little bit more identifiable uh, by the masses of greed of wealth um, and, you know, wanting expensive things, wanting the extravagant lifestyle. But I particularly liked how you had greed's relationship with your time identified in this uh, ebook. Um, can you explain a little bit more about that? Um, back to how Robin said, you know, we, we have a limited amount of time, um, you know, and as you become, you know, as you grow in your leadership positions and your, your authority and, you know, your responsibilities, your time becomes more limited. Mm-hmm. So we to 
pull back and go, okay, nope, this is my time. I'm not going to give it away anymore. So, you know, the activities that you used to do, like um, volunteer for the local nonprofit or serving at your church or going to the food kitchen, you begin to pull back your time there too. Mm. Go, oh, no, no, it's, it's, it's my time. I need to focus only on me. Um, you begin to become greedy, as I would say, with your time. Mm -hmm. You stop serving and being that generous person you once were because your time's so, quote unquote, valuable now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that that's totally true. And and I like how in in this the remedy for that that you had described was s still trying to schedule time and being much more deliberate in how you schedule your time and making sure that you don't forget about those things that were important to you when you had quote unquote more time or your time wasn't as sensitive or precious. You know, once again it all comes back to that intentionality. Mm. Um what's important to you. Um, but also remembering what was important to you before too. Um, you know, and that scheduling it out, it, it helps you to, to go, okay, here's my time buckets. Here's how many hours in the day I have. What do I want to get into there? What should I get into there? It's, it's all about just figuring that out while not taking away from those charitable organizations or friendships or relationships that you would, you want to um, partake in. And, you know, I think scheduling it out is a great way to do it. Um, you know, I use my cell phone to do that for me and, you know, it helps my day go better and I can see where I can be charitable and generous with my time and where I need to focus on either the business or, you know, family side or, um, charitable, you know, time giving. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and, you know, what was kind of resounding here from, uh, from the SLI standpoint is, you know, we have a behavior that we like to talk about, about living your values. And so we tell people that, you know, if you're, if you're wanting to be a really great servant leader, you first need to be very aware and identify your values. What's, what's important to you, what's more, most important to you, but then living them out, as you had described it, takes a deliberate and intentional step forward of saying, okay, I have this very chaotic lifestyle or I have a lot of responsibilities. Scheduling is a way, a very tactical way that you can end up living out your values and making sure that you don't forget about them as you become busier and busier. And I think too, it's also important for people to be patient with themselves and make sure that, yeah, if you can't make it to uh, you know, the, the soup kitchen or uh, as much as you used to be able to, that's okay. But just make sure that you're still doing it and you're still trying to provide service to others in the ways that you can, um, and being patient with that scheduling. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, you know, cause we can get mad at ourselves for not having as much time as we used to. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, finding the time just to fit it in, you know, maybe you used to do it once a week, maybe you have to do it twice, you know, every other week or every three weeks. Mm. Um, but you just make sure that what you're, that you're still giving something of your time away. Yes. Um, I mean, I've found that it does so much good for you <laughs> um, <laughs> when you're able to give your time away. Um, you know, 
we serve in our youth group every every Wednesday night. Um, you know, there's events. We can't make it always make it to the events, but we know that we're still giving our time and, you know, being generous with our time to the youth group by making it on Wednesday nights to the events that we can make it to. Um, you know, do we feel a little guilty about not making it to everything? Yes. Mm-hmm. But realize that, you know, our time's limited. We've got to pick and choose. Um, and it's just, you know, it's picking your battles. It's picking out, okay, which one's going to give us the greatest return at this time in our lives. Yeah. Um, while still being able to serve and help out when we can. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Picking your battles. That's so key. Um, so let's go into the third trap. And so this is an actually very interesting one. So the third trap that you identified was the the trap of settling. You had settling down as um, a few ideas of, I don't deserve to be leading, so I'll step aside for now. Um, Another one was, you know, we can't do better as a team. So the idea that we've reached the limit and we can't do any better than what we're doing. Or um, I used to, uh, I'm used to these results. So, you know, they're good enough for me. Um, That settling piece, it was so interesting to me. Can you, can you explain, expand a little bit more on that? Yeah, sometimes I think we don't believe in ourselves enough to push ourselves to the next level. Mm. others to the next level, helping them to see what they can achieve, but we forget what we can achieve. So we settle. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes it's because of our own limiting beliefs. Sometimes it's because of the limiting beliefs of those around us. Um, I remember a story, I I might get the animal wrong, but you know, I've heard about the story of, I'll say mice in a bucket and you know, a couple of mice are trying to climb out of it and the other mice are pulling them back down. Mm. You know, they're like, if we can't get out, you can't get out. So there's this limiting belief that, and then eventually those mice that are trying to get out, stop trying to get out. So it's this, this idea that, you know, we begin to settle for, you know, whether it's what we see around us and we're going, okay, this is good. We've reached the pinnacle of what we can do, or we just don't believe that we can go any farther. Yeah. It's kind of that stagnation piece, right? So, so I think that, you know, I've experienced this too, where you, especially if you're trying to strive for something and once you've achieved it, you've put so much energy toward that thing that you, uh, you know, you or the company have, uh, were trying to achieve that you're maybe a little exhausted, maybe a little tired out, but then you kind of just start resting on your laurels again and not challenging yourself as much. Um, so that can definitely be challenging for sure. Once you reach that, you're like, okay, it's good. So then you have to figure out how do you get out of that? It's good range mm-hmm. to, Hey, there's even better farther on up ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that too has a lot to do with our relationships. You know, if we have people coming up alongside us, encouraging us saying, you know, Hey Joe, Hey Robin, Hey Brian, you know, you're at a good spot right now, but do you see what's up ahead? we can get out of that settling trap. Mm, yeah, definitely. And so in in that section, you outlined uh, four different ways that as the leader, you can really, this is a perfect example. I thought that this was, you know, such a great example of an opportunity for you to step out as a leader and really be a model for behaving in a different way. So if you, uh, essentially, if you're seeing your team, kind of the collective around you, having this, 
you know, commutative sense of settling, then you have the opportunity to first step out and start acting out the new behavior that you're desiring everybody else to do, right? Yeah. Um, you know, as leader, you're the one people look to. So if you can get yourself out of that funk, out of that settling trap, you can then begin taking the steps. Those behind you will become influenced by you and say, mm-hmm. hey, let's get going again. Let's get on this train to, to you know, excellence. Let's, you know, finish what we started. Um, or, hey, what's next? Because if you get excited about it, other people get excited about it. Joe, when you're talking about settling, um, you know, two big uh, be servant leadership behaviors come to mind for me. Um, the first is think about your thinking. So for, as the leader, being intentional with, with looking and seeing how you're performing and, uh, you know, being honest with yourself, am I settling? Am I, am I being the, the first person, uh, in my group to be settling is, are people noticing my settling nature right now? And then the second one is demonstrate courage. So you demonstrating that courage to step out and be able to ask those questions or start those conversations that may be uncomfortable at first, like you identified. But you, they're important questions to ask. Hey, we need to challenge ourselves again, team. Hey, we need to start doing this. We need to start behaving in a better way um, and really stepping out as that leader and demonstrating that courage. I think that that's super important, don't you think? It, it most definitely is. Um, you know, and for some people it's a challenge because, you know, our mindsets, you know, we've, we're, we're not always leaders. We weren't always leaders. Um, you know, and some, some of us were promoted into that. Some of us have had to be encouraged into that position. Um, and still, e- even after all of that, some of us still struggle with those negative mindsets and being able to tell ourselves and encourage ourselves to, Hey, let's step out again. Let's move forward. Let's get going is a challenge. Um, you know, and one of the ways I found to overcome that is to surround myself with positive quotes or, um, inspiring pictures. You know, you, you take a look around you and you start seeing, you know, Jim Rohn, you know, wrote this at one point or Zig Ziglar said this, and you just start to become inspired and you're like, what am I doing now? Why don't I start going like, <laughs> Why don't we start moving forward? Why don't we start um, doing what we, you know, we need to do? Um, and, you know, that's one of the ways I think you can overcome that, that mindset of settling and then moving into that, you know, position of encouraging others to begin doing it as well. Mm, definitely. Definitely. I totally agree. And so, uh, so for the fourth trap, um, that you had addressed was this trap of avoidance. And so avoidance is really looking at it and saying, you know, uh, it's, it's the shirking, the, it's shirking the responsibility uh, of leaders to confront the issues and problems that are occurring in your organization. And you may be avoiding confronting poor, poor performance, confronting negative attitudes with, within the workplace, employees or customers who uh, you find annoying um, and a myriad of other situations. Um, avoidance is, is a very big and potential trap for leaders, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and it's a costly trap too, because the more we avoid our, um, you know, team members, poor performance or behavioral issues, you know, those start to add up to, to dollars and cents. And, mm. um, you know, the, you know, because, 
not only are they not performing, the people that they're interacting with are now also not performing to their peak performance because they're dealing with the issue that you're avoiding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, as a leader, you can't avoid hard situations. I mean, that's why you're a leader. You're there to help, you know, people get through the hard situations, to deal with those hard situations and to make the tough choices. Um, when you avoid those, you're, you're basically giving up your leadership responsibility, in my opinion, mm. and hurting the, the organization or company that you're, you're at. Yeah, definitely. And so as a few different solutions um, to combat this avoidance, um, you, had, you had noted, you know, next time uh, you, you can take the time to, to work through the issues. Um, and I really like that you basically looked at, okay, well, it's easy to avoid something that looks very large, especially a very big process or a whole department um, that's not performing at peak performance. But to kind of look down and break that down into a granular, a little bit more digestive piece that you can work with um, and kind of start going through incremental strategies of addressing the problems may be a solution. Yeah, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why we don't deal with a lot of these problems head on is because we look at them, they're so big, but it's taking one bite out at a time going, okay, you know, this this department's struggling with a performance issue. We need to step back and go, okay, what are some of the key issues holding the people back? You know, is it they don't have the right tools? Are the tools not sharp? Mm. Are the tools outdated? Um, Are there relationship issues there? Um, The inner office people, inner office um, relationships that are rubbing up against each other and and they don't like one another. Or is it a combination of all of that? Are there, they don't have the tools, their tools are old, there's relationship problems. And you start beginning to tackle the easy, you know, I'd say tackle the easiest one first. Um, Look for the easiest problem to solve, tackle that one. You'll feel like you're on a roll, go to the next one tackle that issue until you get to the big one. And then, you know, you've, you've tackled that big, big issue that you've been avoiding all this time and your team can function better because that problem is no longer staring them in the face. Mm, definitely. I'm curious, Robin, as you, as you've, you know, gone through in your career now being the president of SLI, um, have you had experiences with avoidance or, or seeing people struggle with, with this idea of avoidance and, and how have you seen people kind of been able to surpass and grow past that? Yeah, definitely. I've seen that and been part of that and, and probably all four of these traps I've been in, <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, done that. And, um, for all of them, I will say self-reflection helps to, um, as Joe was saying, start looking at it carefully and maybe being able to just take a bite size of something you can do. Um, the big problems, the big things you're avoiding, there's a reason. You know, they're they're very difficult, challenging situations. So, you know, we really teach to, here at Servant Leadership Institute, to communicate with one another in a in a kind way but a way that you can understand the situation better and um, build trust by by asking how can I gain your trust and and doing things that show that you're willing 
to to meet people where they are and to um, help them work through the situation with you. Um, and it's not easy. I've had some of my most challenging situations with individuals that I just had to really own that I'm part of it. Mm. You know, it's just putting the blame on another person. Uh, or if we have a performance issue, uh, I've got to look at the leader. You know, this is this is on my uh, my plate to deal with. I can't just push this off that it's it's my team members. So. I think uh, part of it is starting with yourself. That's what servant leaders do. It doesn't mean we're to be blamed for everything, but it's a place to start. How have I not, how have I contributed to a situation perhaps by not communicating well, by not clearly stating what success looks like, um, Mm. what the goals are. So it it really comes down to a lot of um, self-reflection and in traps that, you can begin seeing through them mm. as you carefully spend time and not just fill your life with busyness, but really yeah. self-reflect and start looking at things carefully and then making a roadmap of maybe bite-sized ways to start working through it. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, before we go any further, I just wanted to, uh, you know, review the four traps that we had just identified. Um So the first one was isolation, and what we uh, talked about about combating isolation is really developing a band of brothers, so a a core team of of close relationships that you spend time in building and making sure that you don't end up, uh, you know, closing yourself off and, you know, hiding away, um, uh, you know, in your ivory tower, so to speak, as a leader. (laughs) Um, The second one was greed. And we specifically focused on greed with your time. And we said that a remedy of that is making sure that you're realistic with your time and schedule your time properly, making sure that you can hit all the things that you value most instead of ignoring them or putting them on the back burner now that you have a new set of responsibilities. The third was settling, the idea of settling. And the the way to counteract this was... uh, surround yourself with motivation and being able to feel like you can step out and demonstrate that courage to go out and and and, uh, and combat that settling feeling. And then the final one was avoidance. And the way that you can combat avoidance is by breaking down the problem. So looking at, at the problem and saying, hey, we need to, you know, I need as a leader to be able to look at this problem in a little bit more granular bite size uh, and manageable, achievable sizes that I can I, I can actually do something with. So, Joe, that all of those were were great, and and we were super super inspired by this ebook. Clearly, <laughs> we're major yeah, fans. And people can get a copy of this ebook on your website, right, Joe? Yeah, um, it, it's it's a free giveaway on my website, um, jmlalone.com. Um, you know, it's right there in the upper right hand corner. Um, I give it away to, to every subscriber. Nice. nice. Perfect. And we'll make sure to put the link to that in the description of this podcast when it does co- come out. Um, I just wanted to ask, so to wrap up, um, you know, uh, now that we now that we've identified all these traps, what are, what were what are you hoping leaders uh, uh, get away with after reading this? Um, my hope with the ebook was to just open up um, new leaders' eyes to the problems that 
um, leaders will face. Um, a lot of times we think leadership is this easy road, but it's full of bumps and challenges and struggles that you know we don't know about. And sometimes some of the simplest traps that we fall into, well, most of the traps we fall into are traps that every leader has experienced, mm. but we're willing to go and ask another leader, hey, what traps have you fallen into? What struggles have you had while leading? Um, and I think the four traps that I mentioned in, in this ebook um, are very common um, leadership traps. Um, from the leaders I've talked to, from the leaders I've interacted with, these seem to be four core issues every leader will deal with. Um, so I just kind of wanted to make it known to, to newer leaders that, hey, you know, these are some of the traps you're going to face. Um, be ready for them. Mm, definitely. And then so... Uh, you had mentioned, you know, but I think before we had started this podcast, you're working on some new stuff. We'd love to to hear what you're working on right now. Yeah, um, I I just released an ebook called um, The Unofficial Guide to Leadership mm. um, from Rambo, um, <laughs> did, where where I binge watched the five Rambo movies and collected all of the leadership lessons um, that I discovered in those movies and collected them into an ebook. Um, that's something I really like to do every Monday. I have a blog series called real R E E L leadership, Mm. um, where I share leadership lessons from the movies. Um, and then I've also got a book coming out called real leadership where I've collected some of those lessons along with quite a few new lessons, um, from the movies. Nice. That's a fun way to learn. Yeah. I I, I love it because, you know, I, I struggled when I started on really pursuing my personal development and leadership um, journey because it it was so often told, don't watch movies, don't watch TV. There's nothing good there. (laughs) But then through my journey, I began to realize I'm like, you know, you've got John Gordon who's using fables and, you know, you've got Aesop fables and, you know, these are all stories that people use to help people grow. Mm -hmm. I took a look at the movies. I'm like, there's leadership lessons all around those. Oh, why, totally. Why aren't we looking at those lessons in, in those movies and using those to help encourage people to lead better? Yeah, and what That's a great, great way to connect. I mean, the, the, these are universal, right? I mean, everybody has not only has access to these, but most people know exactly who you're talking about when you say, hey, leadership tips from Rambo. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you go, yeah, he's, he's the guy that, in the wars you know and came home and was like ostracized or you know yoda everybody knows yoda yeah (laughs) and he dropped leadership wisdom all throughout the movies yeah right yeah definitely so it's good somebody has to capture this yeah and help so i figured why not me i seen it (laughs) let's do it i love it well joe we're so happy that you're doing that um do you have any final thoughts for our listeners today um, I'd just like to encourage them to watch out for the, the leadership traps, the traps that I've mentioned. Um, you know, they're common, they're easy pitfalls to miss. Um, once you're in them, they can be hard to get out, but if you've got your eyes open for them, you know, they can, they can avoid those traps and, you know, have a little bit smoother leadership journey than a lot of us did. Wow. Yeah, definitely. And I think that if we could sum it up with one, one word, major takeaway for me from this podcast is that idea of intentionality that you were talking about. Uh, it's so, so important. And it really comes to that. That's what it comes down, boils down to as a leader is, are you going to be intentional or are you just going to uh, fall into these traps and kind of ignore that you're in them? And I want to also point out, as Joe has shared these traps that he's 
observed and talked to people about, if you're an up-and-coming leader, don't be afraid to reach out and ask for a mentor. Oh, definitely. Some help along the way, because we have made these mistakes. If, if you've been a leader for a long time, trust me, <laughs> you've messed up. <laughs> and um, why not, you know, there's nothing better than to share these little pieces of wisdom that um, you someone might be able to avoid the, the pain and agony of going through it. So I think just don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, and, and you know, you'll be surprised. There are so many leaders out there that are willing to help you. Um, yes. But they know that they didn't get here on their own, um, and they know that you won't get there on your own either. So, they're willing to share their wisdom and insights with you. Mm, definitely. Perfect. So perfect. So. Um, as we close out, uh, thank you once again, Joe and Robin, for talking with me today. Uh, for more information on Joe, he shares nuggets of leadership wisdom on his blog. That's at www.jmlalonde.com. Uh, and he also has a coaching service on his website as well uh, for those looking to increase their leadership potential. So thank you once again, Joe, and uh, thank you all for listening to this episode and allowing us to add value to your day. Bye, everybody. Hey, everyone, real quick before you go, we do have a free gift for you to accompany this episode. We would like to give you the ebook we were referencing written by Joe titled Leadership is Dangerous, Avoiding Four Traps Every Leader Will Face. Email us at info at servantleadershipinstitute.com with the title Leadership is Dangerous, and we will send that over to you. Also, registration is still open for our two upcoming events, both titled An Introduction to Servant Leadership. Whether you are attending the live public workshop or the online webinar, this will be a time to learn about what servant leadership is, what it is not, and how you can successfully integrate it into your work. Just visit our website at www.servantleadershipinstitute.com to register. Thank you once again for allowing us to add value to your day.